0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to The Couple's Corner. We're Stephen and Carrie, a husband and wife, and this is our little section of the internet where we talk about all the things that interest us and hope that you like to listen in. I'm Carrie.
1: I'm Stephen. We are going to kick things off. By the time you're seeing this, it will be October 2nd, so we will be officially in the best month of the year, in our opinion, Woo. and our schedule this month for October is every other Friday, we will be reviewing a classic horror movie, and then in between, we will be sandwiching in different topics that we think will be interesting to talk about. Stay tuned for that. So we are going to kick things off with a favorite of mine, and this is your first time seeing it, Yes. uh, the Ari Aster film, *Midsummer*. This is his follow-up to Hereditary. So we're just going to kind of go over the movie and our thoughts and kind of chime in from there. So I guess I'll start. Alright, with the opening. Quite an interesting way to open a movie to definitely get your attention. We basically start off with Danny's sister. Danny's our main character. And she gets an email saying, uh, I can't anymore. Everything's dark. Mom and Dad are coming too. And so Danny's kind of rightfully freaked out. Uh, she calls her friend, and we sort of get the impression that this is not uncommon. She says that, you know, it's more of her sister's crap, so we get the impression that this happens fairly regularly.
0: It makes me wonder if she's mentally like. Yes, yeah, she is.
1: Um, if you look in Danny's medicine cabinet, there are a lot of uh, antidepressants, anti-anxiety things. feel that. Yeah, and, and, and it's sort of implied that that goes through her family. Ari Aster does that a lot with his characters. They typically deal with some type of mental... Issue. And then Danny tries to get a hold of Christian. I'm sure you have lots of opinions on Chris.
0: I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I actually think... Because he is kind of a villain in the story. Kind
1: of, yeah. But he's, he's not a- overtly evil, but yeah, he's sort of in kind of the antagonist.
0: Because he has good qualities, mm-hmm. I guess. But...
1: Yeah, I, I, think, think-, I think his character is well-written. And I think the actor did a good job. Because he, he is antagonistic, but... He's not evil. He he's not like a bad person per se. He he just feels very real, and I think this movie does a good job of depicting kind of a flawed relationship from two people that just do not belong together, but
0: they still can't family. get
1: out of it. Yeah, and so uh, Danny calls and tries to get a hold of her boyfriend Christian, and he is at this pizza parlor with his friends Mark and Josh and Pele, and right away we're sort of clued into how their relationship is going when uh when mark is saying yeah you need to just break up with her you've been talking about it for a year and we see that christian's a little hesitant he's like well what if i don't like it and i want her back (laughs) josh is like you won't want her back he's like she's holding you back man like you you need to get out of this
0: that is something that bothers me he's wanted to break up with her for a year and hasn't done it Mm -hmm. that is that is ridiculous
1: it is that's sort of his whole thing he's he's non confrontational to a fault he's also kind of he just doesn't seem to be able to be decisive like he has to kind of take ideas from other people or or whatever he doesn't seem to just to do anything on his own
0: it's it's sad
1: it's very sad,
0: kind of pathetic and, honestly
1: and then from there. Danny calls and talks to Christian a little bit. He kind of calms her down. And then we cut back to Danny. She's talking to her friend. And she's sort of saying that she feels like she's leaning on Christian too much. And she worries that that's why things are kind of rocky. Is that she's always dragging him into her family drama. And all this stuff. And she thinks that's kind of the, the problem. And then we cut back to her family's house. Because that's where we start. We The very first shot of the movie is her family her parents at least sleeping in their bed if you pay close attention you can see that the parents are still breathing and Danny calls and tries to get a hold of them and just gets the voicemail she tells him that she's worried about her sister and just wants to make sure everybody's okay and then we go to Danny talking to her friend uh, after she's talked to Christian and that's when she's saying all this stuff and then we cut back to the family house, and that is when you see police officers. They go into the garage. There's a garden hose that is connected to the exhaust pipe, and then we follow it all the way up through the house to the parents' bedroom and the sister's bedroom.
0: So one pipe was for both.
1: Well, she had it like spliced together, kind of, and oh, okay. you know, run to the different rooms. And then that is when you know we see that uh, sister has killed herself, and basically the parents too.
0: Murder, suicide.
1: Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to Christian in the the pizza place. He gets another call from Danny. This time, though, when he answers, she's just screaming and crying.
0: She's hysterical, yeah. naturally.
1: And so then we cut to him going to her apartment. And even then, you can kind of see the look on his face. He's not really going as quickly as he probably could. <laughs> you can see that he's, he's kind of like, oh, Lord. And then we just cut inside, and she's just sobbing uncontrollably. While he's holding her. But the whole time he's just looking off like oh shit. Like I'm trapped now. Like how do you break up with someone after that you know. And then we jump ahead six months. It's summer now. Danny's just kind of laying around.
0: Depressed and Yeah obviously.
1: Christian pokes his head in. He's like hey I'm going to run to this party real quick. You know i will just be like 45 minutes. And she kind of invites herself along. He really doesn't seem like he wants her to go. He's like "No, no, no I'll just be gone just a little bit. No you just stay and sleep. And she's like no I'll get out. So he takes her, and then at this party, that's when Christian's friends bring up Sweden for the first time, and that's when Danny finds out that they've been sort of planning this behind her back, that they're going to Pele's hometown for this Midsummer Festival, and nobody bothered to tell her, so she's kind of a little pissed about that, rightfully. Yeah. And there's that awesome shot of them after the party, they're on the way home, and they're just in the back of the. Uh, the taxi and they're just sitting in silence and they won't even hardly look at each other and it's just this great shot that he hangs on for a while
0: well because she's angry Obviously. and he's trying to figure out how to weasel himself mm-hmm. out of this situation
1: and then that is when we then go back to danny's place and that's when christian kind of gaslights totally her totally gas- gaslights. she's kind of like i look i just want to uh to, to talk about this And he's trying to weasel his way out. He's like, look, you know, I told you I was going. And she's like, no, you said you thought it would be cool to go. You didn't say. I
0: just decided today. And she's like, then how come you already have a ticket?
1: Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And he, when he pulls that shit of, he's like, well, I'll just go home. I'll I'll just leave. And then Danny kind of starts freaking out. She's like, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to, you know, to upset you. He he does that quite a lot in in this movie. he 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 pulls that, like. Like well, I'll just leave. But He's it's manipulating, like, mm-hmm.
0: gaslighting, and manipulating.
1: And so then we 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 go from that. There's awesome throughout that. The beginning of that scene, we only see him in the reflection of the mirror, and she's to the side. It's that a really was great frame. A really
0: cool shot. Yeah, it's a
1: really really great frame. Um, he he does that a lot in this movie. There's a lot of great greatly composed shots, and there's a lot of shots of Christian in mirrors talking to people i think it's supposed to represent the fact that like you cannot get just a straight up answer conversation from him he's always sort of this phony
0: and he's trying to weasel his he's a weasel he is he was totally totally weasel weasel.
1: yeah and so then we cut to josh and mark's apartment and they're all there and uh christian comes in he's like uh yeah i i invited danny but she's she's not going and they're all like so she doesn't want to go he's like she's not gonna go. and he's like just to be fair you guys did tell me to invite her
0: none of them seem to care but Paley.
1: yeah <laughs> and they're like yeah okay i guess sure and then Danny comes in and she's like oh hey I, I guess i'm going to sweden with you guys if that doesn't you know throw off your guy plans and everybody's like no no cool 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 and then uh mark's like can you come read this paragraph please and he pulls christian in the other room probably to like parade him and just like what are you doing
0: dude you don't bring the yeah I kind of wish alone. we I kind
1: of wish we got that scene that would have been cool then uh she starts making small talk with good old Pele I actually kind of
0: like him. I think everybody likes Pele
1: yeah he's he's the only one that we see actually kind of directly talk to Danny he's the only one we see actually tell her that he's sorry for what happened you know with her family and everything and uh you, you actually do get this kind of connection between him that you don't really see with any of the other guys. Uh, you know, she's so, even with Christian, she's so kind of, they're in such a bad place that they don't really feel connected. Pele's sort of the first one that actually feels like a person that she's connecting to. Yes. Which I, I like a lot. And then he shows her some pictures on his phone of the Midsummer Festival from his uh, hometown of Harga. And it's all these girls wearing these like flower Headdressings and these white robes, and and all this. And Danny's like, Oh, that's cool. I see. This is very, I see what you mean about the pageantry of it all. But then Pele kind of takes an awkward segue where he tries to apologize for what happened to Danny's family and just say that he's sorry that, you know, that she's going through that because he lost his parents when he was young. And that does not sit well with Danny. One thing throughout this movie, she goes, she has a lot of panic attacks and a lot of kind of fits almost where she's sobbing and having trouble breathing and, and all that that's so a lot to deal with mm-hmm. so she gets up and goes to the bathroom and kind of breaks down and there's that awesome transition where she goes into the bathroom and it cuts to the bathroom of when they're on the airplane going to sweden i thought that was a i nice love that transition yep.
0: it was very it's very unique and well done and it wasn't expecting it because i was wondering how he's going to get us from there to the plane re- mm-hmm. without being boring and but it was really cool how he just shot it from there to there, and he wouldn't even know known until she like stands up to go out of the bathroom. Uh, mm-hmm. That
1: was cool. Yeah, I thought that was a great shot. And then so then we're on the airplane. She comes out and sits down next to Christian, and pretty much every time they're together, you can just feel how much they shouldn't be together. Yes. They just they never feel comfortable together, and I think that's intentional. I don't think it's that the actors had bad chemistry or anything. It's just I think that's in their characters. Yes. That. That they're this just awkward. Their relationship's kind of like forcing a square peg in a round hole. Like it, it's just trying to make this thing work that just, just is not never, going to it's work. It's like
0: that quote, Mean Girls. Yeah,
1: it's, trying it's make not going happen. to happen. <laughs> it's it's not going to happen. So then we come, We're in Sweden finally, and they're they're driving their rental car. I like this scene where Mark says, uh, "Why are all the women here so hot?" And Josh is like. The Vikings took all the pretty women over here and mated with them.
0: That's why all the Swedish girls are better than the
1: <laughs> The Vikings stole the good ones. And then, as they're driving to the village, there's that amazing upside down shot I've where never the camera seen flips it. up and it looks yeah. like they're driving in the sky. And it, it, we basically stay on that shot until they actually get to the to the outskirts of the village, which I thought was really cool. Me too. I I've never that seen that kind really, of really, sh- really cool cool. shot mm-hmm. before. So. And then they finally get to the outskirts of the Heart of village. And that is where we meet Ingmar, who is Pele's brother. He's pretty cool. Uh, and that is when they take their infamous mushroom trip. Oh, God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because
1: <laughs> but- uh, at first, Danny doesn't want to. She's like, I- I'd rather wait. And then there's a little bit more gaslighting where Christian's like, oh, oh okay, cool. Um, yeah. I'll, I, wait, I, I'll wait too, and then he puts Danny in an awkward position where she's the, the the one making things difficult. You know, ruining she's the one ruining the fun. Thing. Yeah, because Mark is like, dude, we can't take these at different times. We'll be on completely separate trips. He's like, well, will you wait for us, and it just it just creates this really stale, uncomfortable situation. And then, <laughs> and then um, Danny's like, no, you know what? No, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'll 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 take it. He's like, are you sure? Are you sure? And she's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm fine. You know, and there's a there's so much of that in this movie, but I think it's done really well because that is something you see in a lot of these sort of failed relationships with one partner being that kind of manipulated, manipulative personality. Yes, like that, and it's just it, 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 this movie does that so well. It is so good at portraying a failed relationship.
0: I also think it, it talks good about peer pressure mm-hmm. because she takes this and she ends up on a bad trip so yeah. it's saying like peer pressure is bad.
1: Mm-hmm. So I
0: also you can also take that. Yeah. Well because like-
1: they say when they take they're like you have to be in a good frame of mind for this and obviously she isn't. Right. So they all take the shrooms. Uh, we cut to a little while later. It's still bright like daylight looking. They're all laying on the side of the hill kind of freaking out. Um, Pele's in the back just meditating. He's all chill but mark is freaking out he's like what, 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 what time is it and christian says it's 9 p.m and he looks around he's like there's no way it's still light out that's not possible and pele's like calm down it's the midnight sun just relax he's like oh i don't like this at all he's like will you guys lay down with me somebody let everybody lay down there's that cool part where the guy walks through and he's like oh no no new people i can't stand new people and the guy just walks by he's like hi right. it's all happy <laughs> it's like, oh. mark is
0: definitely the comic relief in this mm-hmm. movie
1: yeah he, he is so the 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 funny guy. So they're all sitting around and Mark says, I I love you guys. You're my family. And as soon as Danny hears the word family, she's instantly on a bad trip. Just immediately on a bad trip. She starts freaking out, gets up. She's like, I I need to to go for a walk. I'm sorry. I need to go for a walk. And Christian's like, well, I can come with you. She's like, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And so she walks over first remember she walks over to that group of people that are like laughing and giggling. Then she, she walks over and at her. Yeah, and she thinks they're laughing at her. Then she walks over and runs into Ingmar and she's like, They were laughing at me. They were laughing at me And he's like, No, they've been laughing all day. I promise they weren't laughing at you. He's like, Would you like to come meet my friends? and then she says no i I, i'm sorry but i i I i'm sorry and she just walks away and there's like that little outhouse or whatever it is and she's like come on get your shit together come on come on and she basically just goes in there and like losing her her mind yeah she's seeing her sister yeah yeah, and she she sees a little brief glance of her sister in the mirror and that that was a creepy shot and so she runs out of there and it's like booking it through the woods Also, we forgot to mention it, but when they're sitting there on the hill, there's a cool shot where, like, the grass is growing through her hand.
0: That was weird. That
1: was weird and trippy. So, they go from that, and then we we cut to Danny asleep, and she wakes up, and they're all just sitting around. She's like, how long was I out? He's like, well, we found you here about six hours ago. (laughs) He's like, did it ever get dark? And he's like, yeah, for a couple hours, kind of.
0: It got darker.
1: So, yeah. So, that was not the best way to greet Sweden, I guess. No. And so, then we cut to the Harga village where pele's showing him around we also get a little bit of information where pele wishes danny a happy birthday but christian didn't
0: mm-hmm. and then we're
1: like oh shit, he forgot her birthday oh no he didn't
0: i felt so bad mm-hmm. for her throughout all this and i just i really kind of hope not to like jump to the end or anything but i kind of hope that she does get with Pele, because at least he remembered her birthday.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's everybody's kind of kind of thing. But so they're showing him around this this little village where everybody's super happy. You know, they're all wearing these bright ass white robes that have all these runes on them, and everybody's like super friendly and super chill. <laughs> they're just are like, just show him around. It's all the drugs. It's all the drugs, man. And Pele takes him to the main house where it's this giant building where everyone sleeps and it's got these beautiful murals painted all the way up the ceiling, like, puts the Sistine Chapel to shame. And that's when Pele starts breaking down how things work in Hargo. So he says, basically, from birth to 18, you're a child, and that's the spring of your life. From 18 to 36, you're working age, and that's the summer. And then from 36 to, I think it's 52... You're in the fall, and then from 52, I I think he said that's when you're elder, yeah, that's when you're an elder and you can start uh, training people and stuff. And then it's that way from I think 52 to 72, that's when you're like a high elder. And then Danny looks at him and she says, What happens after 72? And he makes that like (sniffs) across his neck, like Like you're (laughs) next, and then it's like, Oh, put that in your pocket because that's coming back. So then. Pele actually did something kind of nice. You see a little bit of uh, him talking to Christian and he's like, yeah, I just wanted to let you know you kind of, you're a dick and you forgot your girlfriend's birthday. So he gives Christian this little like cupcake or piece Piece of of cake cake. or something. And there's a little, a, a great little bit of subtext where he asks Danny to go outside with him and he tries to light the candle and he cannot get it to light to stay lit no matter what he does. And I saw an interview with Ari Aster where he said that was intentional. It was like a metaphor for how he can't keep their love, their flame of their love alive. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of neat. And then we just sort of get right into it where everybody is at the the big feast. There's this big Dupa festival where it's just this oh, giant God. nine-day feast. And everybody is sitting at this really big table. And they do that sweet overhead shot where you see that the table is this giant room. Yeah, I thought that was that was really cool. And so everyone's eating and everything seems all happy, slappy, fun times. And then you see these two old people join the table and it's only after they sit down and start eating that everybody else eats. And so everything is getting kind of kind of curious, like you, you it's right around here. You're starting to feel that something is up. There's just this weird tension kind of going on. Josh seems to know what's going on. He's doing his thesis on this village and their their culture and practices. So when Pele says they're going to be doing the Astupa Festival, Josh is immediately, he's like a real one? He's like, they're doing it? And, but we don't, he doesn't elaborate on it. So we get the feeling that this is something significant, but we don't know what it is. They have their big dinner, everybody's happy, and then they get up, and they're putting these little throne chair things where the people carry them off and they take them to this big overlooking cliff <laughs> where there's this guy with this comically huge mallet. It is huge. It is con- it is needlessly large and that's another one of those like, oh, you know, that's coming. that That's gonna play a part. And so they're all looking up on this mountain where the old people are and the, l- the woman goes first. She just fucking jumps off busts her head open on her belly rocks, rock. yeah. yeah and just busts her fucking head open everybody is the people of the village they're just like yeah another tuesday <laughs> but um danny all of them and then there's these two other people that came from uh london
0: simon and connie
1: S- yes yeah, simon and connie they're freaking out danny and her group are freaking out christian's almost throwing up like it it's it's shit's getting real so then the man jumps he land. he dives feet first for oh. some reason And just snaps his damn leg backwards like it's a fucking banana. He starts screaming, obviously. And then all of the Harga village starts screaming as well. And that is when we see that they all basically share emotion in unison. So if one of them is screaming, they all scream. If one of them laughs, they all laugh. Like They they, they have this sort of shared emotional thing that ties them together. Like a cult? Yeah, as cults do, you know. Well, then the guy with the needlessly huge mallet comes over and fucking smashes the old man's head in. And then he starts passing it off to the other elders. They just take turns like it's a freaking carnival game. And, and so they're just bashing the shit out of this poor guy's head. After that, we cut to everybody just sort of dealing with the repercussions of that. Everybody else is like so shaken. Danny starts immediately trying to pack her shit. Pele comes in and he's like, yeah, I know you're... You're going through a lot. I'm sorry. But, you know, again, my my parents died in a fire when I was a kid, so I'm an orphan. I, I get what you're going through. And she's like, we're not talking about my family, Pele. She's like, I'm freaked out over what I just saw. But, of course, to him it's normal because that's what do you what it, up That that's a theme that runs through this movie that I really like is the theme of tradition and how some people will uphold a tradition, whether it's right or not, just because it's tradition, it's what their family does. And I think that's a good kind of metaphor for the way a lot of people handle traditions. There's a lot of things that people do that are questionable at best, I think. But because, oh, this is just how it's done. This is what you do. I've always thought that was a weak argument. Just because someone 500 years ago thought this was a good idea does not mean that it's still applicable now or appropriate now. Just because a thousand years ago it was, we've grown and advanced and evolved. So that, that happens. And then we cut to Christian talking to Josh about how he he now wants to do his dissertation on the heart of village and their culture and and all this stuff. And so Josh is kind of rightfully pissed. He's like, I can't believe you right now. He's like, get your own passion. (laughs) Do your own thing. Do not steal from mine, you bastard, is basically the gist of it. I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically the gist of it. Well
0: I don't blame him because I don't blame him either. Josh has been working really hard on this.
1: Yeah, Josh is the only one that I would call a good student. We really don't get to see enough of Danny academic-wise, because of all she's been through. But yeah, Christian and Mark, you really don't get the idea that they're the best students. You know, Mm-mm. But Josh is very—he's always taking notes. He's got his little notebook. He's always taking notes. He's always talking about his thesis. He's always like really interested to get quotes and to get just every little thing written down that he can. So you really understand that this is important to him for Christian to come in— and just be like, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna do my thesis on this now. It's kind of dickish. Kind of, kind of dickish. Well,
0: like I said, he's not the twiddle your mustache kind of. Yeah, animal. he's not
1: evil, but he's a dick for sure.
0: But he's definitely not a good mm-hmm. person.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he is a. He only cares he,
0: really about himself, and it's pretty obvious.
1: So then we cut to um, Josh, and he's talking to Pele about it, and Pele's like, yeah, well, Christian already asked me. I, I, I uh, I'll have to talk it over with the elders. He's like, I don't know if they'll want this. You know, he's like, he you can't use names. You can't use the this place because, you know, you can't even have it peer-reviewed. Like, we're very secretive about what we do here. This is our culture and stuff. And so he's like, yeah, okay, that, that yeah, that's fine. Uh, later, he tells them that he talked it over and they're, they're okay with it. But he does. He cannot use names. He cannot use locations. And so he's like, yeah, yeah, fine. And he has to share it with Christian.
0: Which just fucked up, man. That is so fucked mm-hmm. up. That's
1: just not even cool. That is not even cool. And then we get the scene that spells poor Mark's undoing when he pees on the sacred tree.
0: Yeah, wasn't the tree like their ancestors? The tree's like
1: where they put the ashes of their ancestors after they're cremated, and Mark has to take a piss, and so he's there peeing on the tree, and this one guy comes up and is freaking out. He's like, put your filthy cock away, or whatever.
0: And I guess this Mm -hmm. is where we start to actually get the... Horror yeah, this is
1: when things start really going, going down south, because even yeah. then this is not a straight-up horror movie I've seen Ari Aster call it like a dark adult fairy tale It's definitely got some horrific things in it where as mid uh, hereditary his first movie is full-on horror This is a little bit different. Um, I do like it hereditary is very typical horror. it's very dark interior Shadows and then that kind of thing midsummer is very bright except just the opening is dark and, and atmospheric. And then everything from the... When we jump from the winter to six months later, everything from then on is pretty much almost always daytime, always very bright.
0: Yeah, there's a very few well dark moments mm-hmm. there's like, night times to but, the bathroom. Where she mm-hmm. I had to light the match to yeah. seeing her sisters in the mirror. And then the one where... We haven't got there yet.
1: But so Mark pees on the sacred tree. Everybody freaks out. That's kind of because he all through the thing he's pretty disrespectful of the elder of the village. Well, he only
0: wants to get laid. Yeah, that's always there.
1: And so this is kind of what spells his undoing. That that's kind of his the last straw. Okay, so then we cut ahead and Simon Connie's boyfriend just happens to go missing all of a sudden. He's just Mm. gone.
0: Because that happens.
1: Yeah, and the elders tell her. That he couldn't handle it after the, you know, the crushing of the skull. And that he rode into town, but that he's sending a car back for her. And she's like, why would he do that? She's like, I just went to go get our stuff because we decided we're leaving. Why would he leave without me?
0: Because remember, they're planning to get married and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're like a couple and they, they could not handle the Astupa Festival. After the people jumped off the cliff and all that stuff, even that one elder tries to She's like, this is our way of life. This is what we do. This way, our bodies don't just get old and rot. Like, we sacrifice our lives so that the new children born can assume their name and, and all this stuff. But they, 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 they're not having
0: it. Connie would be mean. She's like, no, if I'm leaving. Yeah,
1: it's like, fuck this shit. Connie's like, yeah, this is not cool. So he just grabs her bags, fucking walks off. We're, and we're, we're not really sure for a while what's going on there. So we go from there to this village elder showing Josh around. And he shows them this book. I, f- I forget what it's called. I should it's have written it It's basically down. their Bible. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. And it's written down by Reuben, who is this product of incest. And they think he's mythical for it. They, think because, yeah. Yeah, they think because he's not tethered down by a quote-unquote sort of normal mind that the gods or whatever will speak to him. And so he writes and draws the stuff down and then they interpret it. In their language. And Josh is like, ooh, can I get pictures? And the elder freaks out. And, and he's like, no, you cannot have pictures. You cannot tell or show anyone this.
0: And he's like, all
1: right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So then we, we cut to another dinner. And they this is when we, yeah, this is when we get the, well, the stupid thing's a nine-day feast. So that makes sense. But this is when we get Pele's sister, Maya, has taken a fancy to Christian. And when they got there, they see this scroll, which is supposed to be a love story about a girl.
0: Honestly, <laughs> this is the part that probably grossed me out the most. Mm-hmm. I could yeah. not There's handle There's this,
1: this love story in the Harga village of this girl who basically made kind of a love potion to get the guy she was attracted to. And that involves cutting off her pubic hair, baking it into a pie and giving him that, and then also mixing her period blood into some lemonade giving him that to eat and drink tasty so she does that to christian you notice that his lemonade is a darker color than everybody else's which right there even if i didn't know this story that would be the first red flag to me if i'm sitting down to eat with these hundred other people and all their lemonade is the same color and mine is this really weird dark discolored i'm gonna be like um
0: can i get some what the fuck
1: is this like, I wouldn't necessarily go like, oh that's period blood but I would be like um why is mine all fucked up looking so they start eating mark is getting eye fucked by the guy that got pissed that he peed on the tree and he's like he's gonna kill me
0: <laughs> and he's and, not which wrong. is yeah which
1: is very very accurate so Christian takes a bite pulls out a pube and everybody's like ooh nasty and then he looks down the table Maya is like yeah, she wants oh yeah that. she wants that to eat something awful. That happens. This girl comes up that Mark's been making googly eyes with, and she's like, will you come with me? Will you come? And he's like, uh, yeah, I guess she's going to show me. That's the last we ever see of Mark. He's dead. So then we cut to that night. We noticed that when everybody was going to bed, Josh still had his shoes on. Interesting. Interesting. We then cut to, you know, a little bit later. Josh is getting out of bed. He sneaks in to where this book is. It's in this big, fancy building. And he sneaks into where the book is, and he's taking pictures and all this stuff. While well, someone walks in, and from his, where he's looking, it looks like Mark. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? We're not supposed to be here. Shut the damn door. Well, then he gets a little bit closer. And he's pantsless. It's a guy. It's one of the villagers. Just fucking Donald Ducking it. Um, with a shirt just, With a shirt and a jacket.
0: Hey, sometimes you just look. gotta let the balls be free.
1: Yeah. He gets a little closer, and this Donald Ducking it guy is fucking wearing Mark's face. Which is... Which is creepy, but cool, but creepy. Cool. Just wearing his face while he's just... You know, dong, totally exposed. And then all of a sudden, Josh just gets bashed in the back of the head with something. And so, within just a couple of minutes of the movie, two of our main cast are just gone. Uh, Mark and Josh. They're out of the picture now. They're dead. Yeah. At breakfast the next day, the village elders find a way to kind of put the blame on them. They're like, you know, they're like, oh, we can't find them. What happened? And then they make a big announcement. Our sacred book was stolen. If anybody knows what happened to it, we won't be mad. Just, just tell us. And so they're like, "Hmm, our book went missing. Your two friends went, quote unquote, missing. Hmm, suspicious." And then that's when Christian is extra douchey. He's like, oh, "I promise you, we don't identify with them as friends in any way." And blah blah. blah. And I'm just like, and even Danny looks at him. He just dick.
0: he throws them under the bus just so he can stay here mm-hmm. and steal Josh's yeah. Still thesis the, idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So then Danny starts hanging out with the women. Slowly they're becoming more friendly with her. And we're kind of seeing that she is starting to form a bond with them, kind of like the surrogate family that she doesn't have, you know. And then Christian starts to feel a little left out. When we first get there, there's a lot of scenes of Danny sort of by herself while everyone else is sort of hanging out together. And then that slowly throughout it's the course of the movie starts to turn. And especially after Josh and Mark are killed, we get this Sort of switched perspective where now Danny almost every time we see her is hanging out with the group and Christian is kind of off to himself, kind of the loneliest man on earth, you know, just alone. He deserves it. Yeah, he does. Then one of the lady village villagers tells Christian that he's been approved to mate with Maya. That's yeah, like they're fucking cattle. So can mate with her, and Christian is not sure what to do. I'm honestly. Not sure if he is conflicted because it's just so weird or if he's conflicted like, hmm, get into this. Like, it it is a little ambiguous there. You're not. You can clearly tell on his face that he's contemplating things. But again, I'm not quite sure. What's your opinion on this? I can't really tell if he's just weirded out by the whole situation or if he's seriously considering it and like, hmm, I, I could fuck her.
0: At this point, I think he's starting to realize things are weird.
1: I think so too, yeah. And so
0: I don't, I don't think he was thinking, I think he oh, I get into this. I yeah, think I like, think huh. he might
1: be starting to realize that, um, he's gotten into more that, than a Yeah, things might be going off the deep end, yeah. And then that is when Christian is drugged at this festival. They start giving him all these drugs. He's giving, They blow this powder in his face. They give him this stuff to eat and drink. Like, and he's like, no, I'm afraid I'll have a bad trip. She's like, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And from that moment on, pretty much through the from there until the end of the movie. I kind of feel bad for him almost in a way because the actor does such a great job. Like, he just looks so sad through the rest of the movie. Like, every time you see him, he's like fucking hunched over and sweating and acts like he's cold and like, he just looks so, like, his pupils are the size of quarters. Like, he, he just looks so fucked up. <laughs> A, like, I almost feel bad for him. I don't. Like, I, I think it's just the actor, like, he did the such act, a good No,
0: the job. actor does mm. great, but I still don't feel bad for Christian. Yeah.
1: And then, so, while this is going on, while he's being doped up like Fat Elvis, that is when Danny is taken to participate in the Maypole Festival, where they all have to dance around the Maypole until only one of them's left. And, again, they take these drugs, and they're dancing and dancing and dancing, and Christian's sitting out there alone, freaking out, While this is happening, and Maya keeps making eyes with him, so of course, shocker, Danny is the last one, and so she's crown made made queen. She gets an upgraded flower crown, and they take her off on this little platform. There's that sweet shot where, in the background, the trees look like her sister's face with the tube to her mouth, which I thought was 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 cool. I don't know if everybody caught that, but that's a great shot. And so they take her off to bless the crops while Christian is taken to the building where he can mate with Mike. So he goes oh, in there. Oh, that was a weird So he goes, scene. I thought it was a nice touch. They put him, he finally gets his own little heart of robe. And it's got the rune of the, like, the arrow pointing upwards, which is like the mill vitality kind of yeah. symbol. I thought that was clever. So he goes in the room. There's like these 12 naked women standing around Maya just like moving back and forth like they're fucking singing kumbaya. <laughs> they're, chanting, they're chanting this like, you know, Swedish song. It's a very gorgeous song, but it just and Maya's laying on this bed of flowers. And so she like spreads her legs for him and then he takes off his robe. and He's still tripping. He's still tripping. They've give, given him more drugs for his vitality and all this stuff. So he's still tripping balls. And then so they start having sex while Danny's riding around.
0: Blessing the crops. Blessing but... the
1: crops. And the the one girl breaks off and starts singing beside him. And Christian's like, this is some weird shit, man. <laughs> so honestly, weird. I
0: that scene just, it was honestly kind of comical. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so yeah. hard not to laugh.
1: Yeah. So their mating thing keeps going. Um, <laughs> the old lady comes and starts pushing on his ass. And they're like, you can finish. Hurry up. And she's <laughs> just pushing on his ass. I wonder what that actress thought that day. She's like, hmm, I get to touch this young man's naked ass. So they finish. And, uh, Maya's like, oh, I can feel the baby. And it's just like, that's not well, how, that's that. Not how mm, that works. That's not what you're feeling. And so he runs out and just dick flapping in the wind. And he's sort of got this this look of realization. And while that was still going on, Danny finishes her little, you
0: know. Crop re-
1: blessing. And she hears them in there and she's like, What's in there? And the girl who's sort of become her new best friend is like, Yeah, that's that's not for us. Come on. And Danny doesn't listen to her. So she goes and looks through the door, sees what's going on, throws up, has like a full-on panic attack. And this is when we see the kind of hive mindness of the the Cold. group because she's on the floor screaming and crying. And they mimic her voice and her actions. Like as she's kind of going up and down and she's struggling to breathe, they do the same thing. And it's this sort of shared mirror emotion, which I thought was a cool shot also.
0: Well, I also liked it because you can see while Danny's going through this grief and this shock of what she saw, she's realizing that the people around her, even if they don't understand, they seem to care. And yeah, it's been so they're...
1: long since she's been around anyone that actually cares about her. Because that's what, as you go along, Danny starts to, I think, become more aware of how shitty Christian is. It's like, I'm not sure if she really knew or cared before, but she becomes aware of it because after they say that Simon took off, Danny's like, I could see you doing that for me. And Christian's like, What does that mean? And she's just like, Forget it. But so she becomes more aware.
0: Don't forget that Pele's kissed her already.
1: Yeah. Pele and she kisses her May when May. she gets crowned and stuff. And she
0: didn't seem to, you know, and hate she it. She
1: didn't seem to hate it. Christian runs out of there and he runs into this building where he sees Simon's body. It's like strung up, there's flowers in his eyes, and he's been blood-eagled. If you don't know where that is, it's this uh, Viking tradition where they would like cut your back open and pull your lungs out and rest them on your shoulders where it looked like uh, the wings. And where he's still tripping, the lungs. lungs look like they're inflating and deflating, like he's breathing. He freaks out and he turns to leave and there's a bunch of the villagers there and they blow more fucking like powder drugs in his face. And then they come over and do that thing where they close his eyelids and it makes the camera, like, go black. Which that I, is another I, cool transition. I thought that was cool. Then they do it again. He wakes up and there's this female villager looking at him. She's like, Christian, you've been drugged. You can't speak and you can't move. All right, here we go. And then Danny's in this big, she's on her throne and she's in this big slug flower dress, which is kind of funky looking. And she's, you know, very clearly distraught, understandably. And that is when they say that for the finale, they have to make a sacrifice. So they have, you know, X number of villagers from.
0: They need nine sacrifices altogether. They
1: have, they have two that were willing. They have another two. (laughs) They have another two that are like. stick they're like trees or something
0: yeah they like Those put things. their faces on the trees yeah. and stuff
1: and then they've got the outsiders that were brought in and so now they're down but they just need one more sacrifice and the may queen who is now Danny, gets to choose and it's this random villager who's drawn by like an old style bingo machine. <laughs> old style it was really cool so he's chosen by that and then christian is the other one and they're like okay you get to choose which one do we sacrifice? And Danny just like giving Christian the stink eye. And the the actor did such a good job of where, because for the whole rest of the movie, he, he doesn't move or speak. He's just sitting there, but he does such a good job with his eyes of looking freaked out and scared. He really does. And so of course we don't see her say it, but Danny picks him. And then we cut to him being prepared. They killed this bear and put it in And they like, they gutted it and stuff. And then they put him inside the bear.
0: Yeah. He's like it's the dead bear. like
1: it's the end of the nicholas cage wicker man only not shitty i i don't know i've heard that in the director's cut they extend it out where they like break his legs and mess him up so that he can fit inside the bear easier <laughs> and in the, the version we have it just cuts to him in the bear suit and so they take him in the bear suit and put him in this building they have for the sacrifice where with all the other sacrifices that's when we see there they've put Mark and Josh, the sacrifices—they've got Connie and Simon. Everybody's disappeared. Now we know what happened to them. So they light the place on fire, and as the vill- the villagers, the volunteers, are screaming. The villagers outside, they're watching it, start screaming and mimicking their the, their pain, and then Danny is screaming, you know, crying and stuff, mimicking the pain, just like the other ones, watching it. But then as the movie ends, she's crying and sad, but then slowly starts to smile as she's been sort of assimilated into this cult and this is her new family and this is the people that care about her now. This is what love is. And then she smiles and then we just fade out and then that's credits. Yeah, so that was Midsummer. Um, I liked it. I, I'm a big R-Aster fan. He makes the kind of horror that I would love to make. If I could write direct my own stuff, I would make stuff like this. Um, I think overall... I still like Hereditary more. I think that's still my favorite of his, but I think Midsummer is great as well. I, I think they're equally as good. I think it just comes down to just story preferences, really. But I thought the cast was great. I thought Florence Pugh does a great job as as Danny. Uh, Ari Aster pretty much in every movie makes his main characters fall apart, so it's the the, the poor actresses have to just scream and cry a whole lot. <laughs> so I kind of feel bad for them, but everybody did. Did such a great job. The movie looks great. Um, it's got this weird kind of modern technicolor look to it, which is unusual for anything remotely horror- horrific to be so bright and colorful and happy looking, but yet there's all this weird dark shit going on. So I I, I, th- I thought it was great. I, I loved it. I think I would give it, like, if I had to rate it, I think I would give it, like, a solid, like, 4.5 out of 5. That, that's my opinions on the movie, but... You've been kind of quiet. What What about you?
0: I actually like this one better than Hereditary.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. I, I know you like Hereditary. You like all of his films. Mm-hmm. I don't. I did not like Hereditary. Yeah, the we'll ending, teach them. Yeah, well, I'm, the ending was weird to me. But in here in Midsummer, I actually like I, I would movie.
1: argue even as much as I love Hereditary, and while that's still my favorite film of his. Um, I I would agree with your argument. I would say that the ending of this one feels much more cohesive and connected to the story whereas hereditary i, I like it but i could see where some people might not hereditary is sort of one thing that sort of slowly devolves into another thing and while i think it works i could see the argument that the ending once the whole um satanic vessel stuff starts in hereditary you could i could see someone arguing well, this is completely not what i thought it feels like was. a
0: completely different movie
1: I, I thought it was handled well but i could see why someone might feel that way uh, whereas midsummer is much more your A to B's. I mean there's some things that happen that are shocking, but when you get to that ending, Danny making her choices and stuff, it feels so logical like it, you can see someone in Danny's position accepting these people who have accepted her coming from what she's had. Yes. And so it, it so yeah, I would I would agree with that.
0: And I really like how he took the tropes of like you said horror films always got to be in the dark and mm-hmm things pop out and scare you because, you know, dark is always creepier because you can't see what's right behind the corner. Mm-hmm. But this is very brightly lit and all well, these horrifying things are still happening.
1: Well, that's something I love about him. He, he makes more old-fashioned type movies and I love that. So many movies now because... Everybody has such a short attention span. A movie has to be so fast-paced, and it just has to move, 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 and we have to cut a thousand times, and it just, it, it's seizure-inducing almost sometimes how quickly movies have to be edited now because of everyone's short attention span. But he makes like Alfred Hitchcock-type movies where it's about drawing out suspense. He will hang on long shots for a reasonable amount of time, there's a couple of jump scares in his movies. There's a couple there's there's some horrific imaging, but his is all about suspense and just a sense of uncomfortableness and dread. And it's really character based and and I, I I like that. I hope that more movies start to copy this pattern because one as a as a film nerd I'm starting to see that more, especially with these A24-produced horror movies. We are starting to get back to that kind of drawn-out suspense. I mean, you look at something like The Haunting of Hill House um, and The Haunting of Bly Manor, which I can't wait to see when it comes out next month because I'm also a huge Mike Flanagan fan. We're we're getting back to telling good character-driven horror that creates suspense and dread, and it's not just all jump scares, loud music, and quick cuts to hide the fact that people can't hit it. I'm really happy that we're seeing that, and I hope that that trend continues.
0: Me too, because I actually really like how, like you said, he'll hang on some of these shots, like the awkward shot of them in the car. hmm You can feel... Yeah, a
1: lesser movie would have cut...
0: If it even showed two, that at all. Two
1: seconds into it, or it would have been a two-second shot of just a couple seconds of them in the car, uncomfortable, and then we would have moved on to the next shot. By by letting that scene play out, he just really lets you marinate in the characters and their tension and you just feel it and it's uncomfortable but you can't look away. Um and you just
0: know it's gonna build to a head and they're gonna have mm-hmm. some kind of argument or conversation or something.
1: Yeah, his movies are really great kind of boiler type yes. movies. Like it, it's like you put it on simmer and it just and you just gradually keep turning up the heat and you just keep waiting for it to explode and eventually it does and I I like that
0: a lot. I I do too. I I also like how he points out different things in this film. We talked about earlier tradition for the sake of tradition. Mm-hmm. People still do some of that stuff today, just oh. following it because oh my great grandmother did it, or we've done it for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes you wonder, like how far is too far with traditions? When should mm-hmm. we stop them? Because seventy-two mm-hmm. just to kill them because that's that's what we believe. We don't believe in letting our life spoil. We believe in the recycle. And it's just, when is something too far? Mm. When should you drop the tradition? Mm. I really like that. It kind of made me wonder.
1: Yeah, I, I like there. there's a lot of kind of morally gray stuff in here, which I like a lot. Because a lot of what the cult is doing is arguably bad. But again, to them, it's just normal. It's just what they do. And then you've also got the character arc that Danny makes. And is it right or wrong what she does? Is it right or wrong what they do? Because normally someone getting assimilated into a cult is a bad thing. But what's weird is just like the ending of The Witch, I kind of feel like this is almost like a dark, happy ending. Because while maybe not everything that has happened or all the choices that have been made have been good, Danny has started out in such a horrible place. No family left. The people in her life that she does have are very distant and very cold with her. And so finally she has a family that accepts her and loves her and is warm to her. But it's a horrible cult, basically. So I I like that he kind of brings up those moral dilemmas and kind of just lets you run with it and make... What you want. I, I like that he doesn't attempt to tell you this is right or this is wrong. He just presents it and then you're left to decide for yourself oh no. morally, do you think it's right or wrong? What has happened?
0: A dark fairy tale, I think is how he described it yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, he, he, and said, that really fits yeah,
1: he said that to him, Hereditary is a straight up horror movie. He said it's more like a family drama that morphs into a horror movie, but he said he would still consider it a horror movie. Midsummer, he said while there's horrific things in it, he much considers more of like a dark fairy tale which is very and i've heard um i I know on the the dead meat podcast that covered this they said uh, that they heard from someone that described this as a fucked up wizard of oz which i could see they said everybody kind of fits a certain role i know someone asked what pele was then and they said pele is basically the tornado he's what picks danny up and takes her to oz and introduces her to this fucked up world and i was like that's an interesting way to look at it
0: that's actually a really good take on it Mm -hmm. So the moral of the story is drugs are bad.
1: Drugs are bad. Don't join cults. And if you're in a relationship that makes you miserable, don't let it get to that point. For like a year. I mean, do it civil. Be be polite to the person, but just tell them this isn't working anymore. I don't feel like we're connecting. So I think we should end things. You know, you can do that without being a dick, but there's so many people that will carry out and will just beat a dead horse for years and be in this relationship that makes them miserable. And they hate the other person and they can't stand them. But that's just the norm now, is to talk about the other person when they're out of the room about how much you can't stand being with them, but yet yeah, you won't leave. And I, that has always pissed me off. I've never understood that. I've never agreed with that. I've never supported that notion. I think it's really weak. And I personally think people need to hold themselves to higher standards than that than to just be miserable for years because, oh... I just don't
0: want Well, the thing is, we could go on a whole other topic about Yeah, that's this, a whole other Like, episode. toxic relationships yeah. where people envy, like, Harley Quinn and the Joker mm-hmm. and, like, Anastasia and
1: yeah, that whole be, Yeah, that whole be with someone that you can't stand the Trisha like shit thing is becoming such a
0: popular Fetish, movie.
1: almost, that people fantasize about and that's not cool.
0: No. So, the point is, if... Oh,
1: wait, you never gave your rating, though. So, what, if you had oh. to... I guess for these movie episodes we need to do a rating system of five stars. I gave it for... Because, like I I think it's near perfect in my opinion. There's a couple little nitpicks I could find here or there, but I would definitely give it like a, a 4.5 solid. So what, what would you give it?
0: If I had to give this a rating out of 5 stars, I would probably rate it 3 or 3.5 out of 5. Remember, I'm harder to please. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, especially when it comes to horror. You're just not into as much horror as I am.
0: I just have a specific type Yeah, of you
1: like like the Conjuring, Haunted House, Possession type yeah. movies, and you don't really seem to like any other horror. Because I that.
0: love the horror that I love, and I guess my advice would be don't follow your foreign friend home. Yeah, if you've got cultural a cultural festival, if, if
1: you have a friend from Sweden and he wants to take you to his hometown for a festival, don't go. Don't
0: go. Don't go.
1: All right, so that's going to wrap up this episode, guys. Uh, Like I said, next week we will have a slightly different topic. As I said, all of October we're we're going to stick to spooky posts, but we're going to alternate. Every other week will be a horror film that we're going to review. It's all going to culminate in the last Friday in October. We're going to be reviewing the original John Carpenter Halloween, which I am so excited for. But then in the weeks in between we are going to cover some cases done by the Warren. Ed and Lorraine Warren we're going to talk about, more than likely, we're going to cover the Amityville Horror Case and probably the Perrin Haunted Haunting, uh, which The Conjuring was based on.
0: And some creepy pastas.
1: Yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, we hope you guys tune in next week. We put out a new podcast every Friday. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please give us a comment, like, and subscribe. We are available now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. Just search Couples Corner and we're there we hope you guys have a lovely day and we will see you next time bye
0: bye